Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, nice district at Rogers Place. The Oilers in the Vancouver Canucks. Jack Michaels and myself will have the call tonight, along with Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. Tell you that Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary as well. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the, the App Store. Royal Pizza, it's old school big boy pizza. None of that synthetic crap. Everything at Royal is real. Without further ado, off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Last year, in my infinite wisdom, I had the Vancouver Canucks making the playoffs. Well, they would have made it if they would have had Bruce Boudreaux as their head coach all season long. We welcome back to the show one of the most plugged-in men in the business out in the West, or some would say left coast. We welcome back to the show Ben Kuzma. Ben, how you doing? Good afternoon. It wouldn't be a talk if I wasn't at a hockey rink, so here we are at UBC, and uh, the Canucks are sending the lambs to the slaughter tonight, so we'll see what happens. The Canucks are sending the lambs to the slaughter? Well, I'm looking at the lineup tonight, Bob, and I can I, I say the over, the over on guys who will be playing for the Canucks on opening night in Edmonton is probably seven. Yeah, I got them at six NHL players. Uh, I've not given out the lineup, so they, they ran the lines today. Do you want to shed some insight as to uh, uh, which luminaries the Vancouver Canucks are traveling with tonight? Well, your your well-tuned in listeners are going to love this. It's Pug uh, Colson, Drees, and Garland, Nielsen, okay. Aman, Hoaglander, and I've already lost you, right? Yes. Do you- and we've got Dickinson, Lazar, Klimovich, DiGiuseppe, Stevens, and Lockwood, and there's not one D-man outside of Burroughs who will probably be in the uh, eight blue liners who will be on this team. And we've got Delia, the former Hawk goalie, and the kids Silovs uh, splitting the net tonight. So um, they're saving all the big boys for uh, Wednesday in Abbotsford when the oil and uh, Canucks will go at it again. So by NHL rules, you have to have what's considered eight, eight NHL vets going. That's eight players that played 30 games in the previous season or have 100 games in their career. But Colson, obviously, a first-round pick uh, when we were in Vancouver in 2019, got into 79 games last year. Uh, Dreet, uh, Garland has uh, played 241 games. So there's two vets there. You mentioned Hoaglander, so that's a third vet. He's at 116 games. Jason Dickinson's at 283. Curtis Lazar, who, as you know, Ben, uh, the Oilers had interest in as well, but he chose Vancouver in a three-year deal. He's at 404 games. So there's... Five vets. Uh, Di Giuseppe's at 201. That gets us to six. Um, Hoaglander, or sorry, Burroughs, played 42 last year, so he counts as the 30-game mark. Is DeKaiser in on defense? DeKaiser's in, yes. There's your eighth right there. DeKaiser at 547 yeah. career games. So that there means... There you go. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I heard your, uh, you know, in your intro there talking about uh, pegging the Canucks, you know, to make the playoffs. And again, had it been that 32 and 15 and 10 run at the first half, we'd probably be talking a different story in the second half of last year. But I think what we're seeing here in the preseason, and I know it's the preseason. I, I know we all get worked up as scribes in terms of what we're not seeing on the ice. The Canucks being old, two and two, 
They've only scored five goals. And again, they're, and they're not sending their A team tonight. Uh, I, I really do believe there's something to it in terms of it's going to be difficult to replicate uh, what they did last year. I think the, the, one of the things one of the things I noticed early in hanging around the rink, some of the players were sporting unfinished business T-shirts. Now that's a great slogan. Okay, it really works well for some teams, especially when you go maybe to the third round of the playoffs. But when you don't even make it to the dance and you're sporting unfinished business T-shirts, bit of a head-scratcher for me. I, I just don't want this to be a situation where they think uh, they're going to have a good year. I mean, they've made some good off-season acquisitions. This team is better, better on paper. But, you know, they don't play on paper. So uh, just a little interesting here. I'm just kind of getting a little bit of a different vibe from the team now. If they think they're just going to flip a switch on the 12th, in Edmonton, uh, then it's not going to happen. Well, the one thing Vancouver has, and we're not going to see it tonight, but they have Dr. Demko. And I think Dr. Demko is a top eight goaltender in the league. What do you think? Uh, I think I might go higher than that. I'm going to put him in the top five. Okay. I, I just think that the amount of shots he uh, faced last year, uh, the amount of games he played, uh, set career highs for everything. Uh, I just think that... Um, let me put it to this way. The guy got married in late August, right? San Diego. Instead of going on a honeymoon, he came to Vancouver to start working with Ian Clark a month ahead of training camp. Um, I, I'm not sure how the missus feels about that, but this guy is extremely dialed in. And, uh, you know, Jim Rutherford, who played the position a long time ago, the Canucks president of Hockey Ops, said, one thing I knew when I came here, I got a franchise goalie. And there's no reason to believe that uh, he won't be again this year. I just wonder about the workload. I mean, 63 was a lot last year. Uh, he got a little banged up down the stretch, and they just decided to uh, sit him when they were kind of mathematically out of it. And uh, I'd like to see him under 60 games, but um, try telling him that. He's not going to believe you. Well, and, and for the record, just regarding the misses, I mean, Dr. Demko has 5 million reasons a year to come in and be focused uh, to play. So I like the sure I like the Canucks and goal. You mentioned we're only going to see Burroughs tonight. I'm not even sure he's in their top six to start. What's Is Dermot not banged up on the back end? Dermot is banged up. It was one of the weirdest things we saw here at UBC, uh, one of their first practices where um, he got hit in a weird way. Uh, I caught it out of the corner of my eye. He had to be helped off the ice and to the medical room. Um, they had a stretcher here. They had, uh, you know, some paramedical people here in the building, but uh, he was able to leave on his own accord. And as of this morning, we're told that he's still not, whatever he has, it's undisclosed, uh, he's not ready to, to, to come back and practice yet. Uh, Brock Besser, uh, who had the hand injury, uh, was skating with the injured guys here about 20 minutes ago, uh, not shooting, just skating. Um, so he's on some sort of timetable, and even Mikheyev, with a lower body injury, could start skating tomorrow. So, you know, there's a good chance. I mean, they open with the five-game road trip that they could have, uh, might get uh, Mikheyev back by then, maybe not Besser, but the lineup that they hope to have uh, should be all together at some point this month. Uh, Ilya McKayev, by the way, signing a four-year deal, $4.75 million. We're pleased to be joined by Ben Kuzma from Post Media in Vancouver. All right, so Bruce Boudreau comes in. To me, he gets teams in the playoffs. I think he's he's a player's coach. That His teams, they play loose, and he doesn't beat them down to play defensively. Um, they get the J.T. Miller done, extension done. 
what is going on with Bo Horvat? Because to me, he's a pretty important player for that organization. Well, um, six and seven are far apart. Um, whatever you think the comparables are for Bo Horvat, um, I'm a, I'm of the mind here that you know there's a considerable uh, gap here uh, in the way that the club perhaps values Bo Horvat. It it shouldn't. I mean, a he's your captain. B, he's a beast in the circle. Uh, he, he plays hard. He sets a great example. Uh, last year in the second half when he played on the PK with Pedersen, they were unbelievable. They were at odd man breaks left, right, and center. So um, I think, you know what I think? I think a lot of this, uh, and this is just a personal thing, probably a lot of it has to do with Kuzmenko. As we know, he's on the one-year deal here. Mm. And it could be one of those things, Bob, where I thought this might play out with J.T. Miller, too. See how it goes here. I mean, Kuzmenko had a two-goal game, three-point game here in Vancouver the other night. and looked very good. Again, it's the preseason. Um, if he's the real deal, uh, then you've got to extend beyond the one year. If he's whatever, meh, or in between somewhere, uh, maybe you take a harder look at what you want to do with Horvath. I, I just think it's going to be interesting when they start playing for Keith. Are, are they even going to talk? Is Bo's camp going to shut it down and say, listen, I'm here to play hockey. Uh, we're, we're not going to negotiate. And that's where it could get dicey. You think they'd like to get this thing done uh, before the puck drops uh, for, for, for keeps. But right now, I mean, they're probably, gosh, I don't know. They could, Depending who you talk to, they could be one and a half, two million dollars apart. It's a long way from, you know, six to seven and a half. Let's put it that way. Uh, we're joined by Ben Kuzma. Ben, you mentioned Andre Kuzmenko, represented by Dan Milstrain, the same man that had Evander Kane. The Oilers getting a four-year extension done, $5.125 million on Kane. Uh, could Kuzmenko end up on the first unit power play in Vancouver? They've got him that front, and that's where I found it pretty interesting because he, I think they like him because um, his release is, is so good. I mean, he, he sees the ice extremely well. We thought he was going to have this big transition problem to the North American ice surface, and he just seems to hound bucks so quick. I mean, his release is legit. The players can't stop talking about the, his release and the accuracy of it. But, but can he do that in tight quarters as a net front presence? I mean, PP1 here in Vancouver has potential to be really, really good. And if he can function in that capacity, he certainly did that here last week in the preseason game. Uh, where he just, man, he was on pucks in a hurry, and they're in the net. So that's where they're going to start him. Um, you know, they like Horvat in the bumper position. Miller's pretty good at feeding him there. Uh, but they think that Kuzmenko is pretty good at establishing his ground, uh, keeping his ground, finding pucks, and getting him away in a hurry. So with Horvat, it's also potentially where he's, uh, Kuzmenko's located on the power play. That's interesting to me. Ben, I want to switch to the defense here for a second. So Dermot... Is he? Do you expect him to be ready for the start of the season? I have no idea. Okay. I absolutely have okay. no idea. I've been talking. Nobody, nobody seems to know what the ailment is. I mean, a lot of secrecy. I mean, you know, depending, it depends, depends what they do with Quinn Hughes here, right? I mean, they've been playing Quinn Hughes on the right side with Oliver Ekman Larson because they're, they're trying to figure out that, you know, they've they got to have a pairing out there that. Um, can produce more offense. And they, they started with that, although last game, Hughes was back on the left side. It, it's what their pairings are going to be. I mean, is Dermot going to be your left side guy 
uh, on the second pairing with, with Tyler Myers. Uh, Jack Rathbone, can he finally make the, uh, the the jump from the A to maybe pair with Luke Shen? I mean, that's kind of the early line on your top six, and you've got Burroughs. you got Tucker Pullman, who had all the migraine issues last year and missed 40 games, who's, you know, coming back and then trying to get everything ramped up so it, it doesn't occur yet. He's still playing at pace, and trust me, in the preseason, yeah, that's a challenge for everybody. Um, so we'll see how that plays itself out. They'll definitely carry eight defensemen like most teams do. I want extra forward. So um, it, the pecking order is early, but uh, I don't think any of the pairings are set. I think the guys that have played most together have been OEL and, and Hughes on the right side, and Rathbone and Shen. And other than that, it's been a, it's been a bit of a mishmash. Is there an outside possibility that Ethan Bear could end up in Vancouver? I heard some of that buzz, too. Um, you know, we've been talking about the Canucks going after a right-shot guy forever. And I don't know whether that's, uh, you know... I think part of it is that, you know, if there were players that they were maybe thinking they could move, they couldn't move this summer. It just didn't seem to be the market for moving players that you think you can get something for, or even just a free-up cap space. Couldn't do it. You know, like, you know, Tanner Pearson, for instance, was playing on the first line uh, last game, and you know, quite frankly, at this point in his career, he's probably a third-line player. I mean, uh, Jason Dickinson's coming off a horrible year. Uh, yet he's still got term, and you can't move him. He's been playing with Lazar, and uh, they've been pretty good on the PK together. So it's a real opportunity for him here to maybe rejuvenate himself a little bit. And, and you know, I can understand, you know, the interest in Edmonton and Lazar. He's been good in the preseason. You just notice him. I mean, he's a super smart PK guy, plays with a bit of an edge, and his tempo's been great. And he's like a plug-and-play guy, and I can see why other teams are chasing him. So Lazar's got off to a good start, and, uh, uh, you know, the third guy that might be on that fourth line is uh, Dakota Joshua, who played 30 games in St. Louis last year. And if you can play for Craig Berube, you might be able to play in the NHL. He's been a little slow to get going here, but he brings that bruiser. you got to have one in your lineup. And Dakota Joshua might be your fourth line left winner. Have they played Dickinson or Lazar at center on that line? Well, that's a great question because they're playing Lazar tonight in the middle. Yeah. Um, Dickinson on the left side and Klimovich, uh, the intriguing Belarus kid on the right side, uh, who's just 19 and, and uh, had an interesting year in the A last year. I, uh, it depends on how that, that, that shakes itself out. I mean, I don't think that fourth line is, is written in stone. I mean, uh, Phil Giuseppe had a great camp last year, uh, started the year on the roster, got hurt, broke a leg, got COVID. So he had all those things going for him. So um, it's interesting to me because you could, you know, you see a lot of fourth lines now that they, they have a, some some kind of an old offensive aspect to it. I mean, they don't quite know what to do with Hoaglander right now, who's coming off a bad year. You put a speedster like that, you can play with a bit of an edge on your fourth line. Um, all kinds of different machinations here uh, for the bottom six. Awesome stuff. Uh, ben, are you going to be in Abbotsford on Wednesday night? Uh, right down Fraser Valley. Look forward to seeing you. We'll see you there. Thanks for your time, my man. Get there early. Buy me dinner. <laughs> We're actually flying in day of the game, so that, that ain't happening. Plus, I don't make your type of money. You'll be buying me dinner. Uh, well, you're wrong. They're usually right on stuff, but you're wrong there. But yeah. All right, there you go. That is Ben Kuzma from Post Media out of Vancouver, who's a friend of the show. Love, love having him on. It is currently 149 at Edmonton. The Edmonton Oilers, the Vancouver Canucks. Tonight, when we come back this day in Oilers, history.
Oilers now, Roadie into New York City is sold out with New West Travel, but we've got a new one to offer, does New West Travel. This January, a three-day road trip to Las Vegas to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com for more information. Going back on this day in Oilers history to 1977, here's Brendan Escott. The Oilers score their first win against an NHL opponent, beating the St. Louis Blues 4-3. to It was an exhibition game game played while the Oilers were actually still in the WHA. Wow. Uh, that's, uh, what's that, 45 years ago now? Yeah, that's 45 years ago. Brennan, for extra points, <laughs> forget it, you'll have no time. I couldn't even tell you. What was the number one song in <laughs> first week of October, 1977? I'm trying to think, would that have been uh, the time around You Light Up My Life? Debbie Boone? I don't know. That might have been it. I'm trying to think of songs that were popular in 1977. Brendan's going to look that up for me right here, right now. We're going to tell you. Here we go. I'm going to give you the lineups for the two teams. It's going to be Connor McDavid with Evander Kane and Connor Yamamoto. Big opportunity tonight. Dylan Holloway alongside Leon Dreisettle and Zach Hyman. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. Devin Shore with Tyler Benson and Jake Vertanen, who will play his sixth preseason game in on a fifth fifth preseason game in on a PTO. Darnell Nurse with Cody Ceci, Brett Kulak with Evan Bouchard, Dmitry Samarukov on a one-way deal with Tyson Berry, Jack Campbell expected to go the dif- uh, distance. Sheldon Dries at center uh, with Vasily Podkolzin and Connor Garland. Nils Amon along with Tristan Nielsen out of Calgary and Vancouver in the dub and Nils Holglander, uh, the aforementioned Curtis Lazar with Jason Dickinson and Danila uh, Klimovich, John Stevens with Philip DiGiuseppe and Will Lockwood, Christian Wolanin and Kyle Burrows, Danny DeKaiser, former Detroit Red Wing, Noel Juleson, and then it'll be Guillaume Brisebois with Brady Keeper. Con- uh, Colin Delia starts in goal. He went 1-4-1 at 3.85 goals against average, 8.99 save percentage last year in Chicago. Did I buy enough time to look up who had the number one song in this state in 1977, Brendan? You, you actually guessed You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Was that who it was? Now, okay, let's let's preface this by saying oh, that started October 15th. The actual song that was for the first week was the Star Wars theme, and it looks like the disco remake of the Star Wars theme, no less. Oh, wow. If Hudson, I mean, he's at school right now, but if he knew that, he'd be going, he would be stoked. I remember, and maybe some others would, they did a Gila Fleur montage during the 1978 playoffs and played You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone to it on Hockey Night in Canada. Like I said, you'd come to the show for useless and superfluous information. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Christina Drapeau, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then 6.30 Jet Afternoons, Jalen and I 3 to 6. Reed Wilkins will get the puck started. I'll join him along with Rob uh, Brown, Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, the Orders Radio Network, the Orders and the Canucks uh, will be in Studio 99 tonight for the face-off show at 5.30. Jack with the call tonight at 7 p.m. I'll rejoin you at that time.